Well, again, I'm so excited that you've joined us this morning. We are uh, continuing on this journey called United, and uh, there's a reason why we call it a journey. These are steps that we're all taking together, and uh, we've used some of this language, get a guide, get in a group. We still have a few guides. We've given out almost 250 guides uh, so far, and so you can still grab some. I think there's a few out there. Uh, It's not too late to jump in a group. You could be in a virtual group or find a small group online that you can be a part of, and uh, the reason for this is, and the reason we do something like this is we do this a couple of times a year because we find the impact is exponential when we're able to take steps together, and really what we're doing is we've been going through chapter by chapter the book of Ephesians and reading it a week at a time, breaking down each chapter on the weekend, and then discussing this through the course of a week, and, and for some, some groups are just couples. They're doing it together, their season of life where they're at, they're just doing it together as a couple. Some are doing it with co-workers. Some are in groups, uh, in homes. And then we have some groups that are virtually meeting online. And it's amazing to hear these stories of individuals that at times when we look at this word, we're going, how do we dive into this book right here? How do we dive into this Bible, make it real? And we want to help with that. And that's why we do something like United, where we break down the word of God. We read it together. You're able to dive into it and go, here's how I apply this to my life, and you're really able to discover what that looks like. So today we're going to be looking at Ephesians chapter 4. Open up your Bibles, Ephesians 4, verse 11. Paul's going to be talking to us about action. I love this chapter. It's one of my favorite in the book of Ephesians, but it's also one of my favorite in the New Testament. If you're an action-oriented individual, you like, hey, what's the goal? What are we doing? How are we doing this That's what Paul's talking about today. And I loved uh, this morning and the same in our first service, people getting baptized. I loved all these young people, this next generation getting baptized, saying, hey, God's done a work in my life. I want to make a public declaration. I didn't know, actually, about Micah and getting the closer book. I'm not surprised that brother's in there reading. He's probably got notes upon notes in the closer book. And I'm sure at some point we're going to sit down over ice cream. At least I want to. I'm like, what'd you get out of that book? I may learn a thing or two from Micah. I mean, he's sharp, and, and I was talking to his mom earlier, and she said he did this all on his own. He heard about the baptism class last week, and I was like, I want to go to that. She was like, oh, okay, all right, what is this class? And when, and, and now here he was, and that's amazing to see, but that's what God's doing. Can I tell you, uh, coronavirus, it is not going to stop the Bible. It's not going to stop the gospel. His word is still going forward. People are getting saved, giving their life to Jesus, getting baptized. That's what's exciting. And that's what's powerful. And I love it. And, and uh, people getting baptized, it's, it's an example of people going, I'm taking action. I want to take a step. I want to I take those next steps. And it's just incredible to hear. It's incredible to see. And I'm excited about today and really what Paul is going to line out for us. And, and Paul has been... You know, the whole book of Ephesians is kind of just making plain for us these promises that God has for us. And we called the series United because there's this overarching theme that Paul lines out that he's bringing us together. There's this uniting and and unification process that he's wanting to do. And the reason that's important is because whatever we're united to will become like. Whatever we're joined to will become like. And there's nothing greater than we should be joined to than his word, the purpose and the plan of Jesus and us coming together as a church. 
in week one, the first two weeks, week one and two, we, we really learned about the who, who we are in Christ and, and what it looks like. And, and there are a couple of things that started with unity being the overarching theme that we've looked at. There's this promise in unity, but then we can discover who we are in Christ and then discover that we're included with Christ. That there's this, this joining that happens, and that as that happens, we can know him in a greater way. And that as we know him in a greater way, we discover there's this authority, this, this strength that he gives us because we're seated with him. So the first couple of weeks were about who we are in Christ. That, that it's not a bunch of religious activity. It's not checking off the box. I came to church. I, I went to a small group. I'm doing all the right things. I'm trying not to do all the wrong things. It's really about a relationship that Jesus changes and transforms us from the inside out. And because of that, we can know him. We can walk in this strength. We know who we are in Christ. And then last week, we discovered that there's, there's this how, right? So first two weeks were who. Last week was how. How does he do that? How does he continue to move his purpose forward? And it's really through the church. That's what we talked about last week. That there's this distribution model called the church. But the church is not just them. This group of people that go to that church. The church is not just a building. The church is you and me. It's us coming together, unified, living out what God has called us to do. And we are his distribution model. We are the way he is designed and chosen to continue to impact lives around us. And today we're going to talk about the what. That's really what Paul's diving into. That's what he's, that's what he's centering on. What, what is it? So, so what are we supposed to do? Okay, well, I know who I am in Christ, and I feel a little more confident about that. All right, I have this, this strength and this authority that I can walk in because of Jesus. I'm seated with him, so I'm saved, and I'm seated. Okay, there's this distribution model I'm supposed to be a part of. I'm supposed to distribute things. What does that mean? Like, am I passing out lollipops? I don't know. I'm still wondering, Pastor Chris, what are you talking about? So what are we supposed to do? You know, you, you didn't realize, you thought like, wait a minute, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm supposed to do more than just come to church? Yeah. What we're going to talk about today is being equipped. That's what it looks like. There, there's an equipping for an assignment, a purpose, a responsibility. And you thought, well, I, I, I equipped for an assignment. Like I thought, I, I was just hoping to come to church you know, I hope the coffee's decent, maybe make a few friends. They're kind of weird, but I like them, and they're, they could go 50-50. Let me talk to them and see. I don't know. You know, like I, you thought that's just what, no, no, no. There is an actual equipping for an assignment. There's something God not only wants to get to you, but like we learned last week, there's something he wants to get through you. And, and that's where we have to understand that when we, there is this equipping that God is calling us to something greater. And, and the truth is, we don't always really realize we need an equipping until we recognize there's an area we need, we are ill-equipped for. I, I can remember that area when Wendy said, I'm pregnant. And I said, w w you said what? <laughs> we're, we're having a what? I mean, we got two chihuahuas. That's not good enough. You know, I mean, I wanted a, a, a course. So why wouldn't I have chihuahuas? Okay. But, you know, I'm like, <laughs> Wendy liked the chihuahuas. It wasn't my idea, but I know what you were thinking. Okay. I, I mean, we, I'll tell you what we weren't going to have is cats. Okay. No offense. I'm sorry. All the cat people, you know. I, I love cats too. All dogs and cats go to heaven. Okay. You know. So it, it's, you know, she's like, we're pregnant. We're having a baby. We're having a little girl. And I'm like, okay. 
do what? What, what do we do? How do we do it? And, it, you know, all of a sudden, I mean, I had done youth ministry for a long time, so I'm like, can I get them at like 11 or 12? I know what to do with them at that age. But, like, when they're little, they're like, you know, bobblehead, and they don't sit up, and you're like, do I hold them like this? Do I hold them like this? Never shake a baby. Okay, I'm not going to shake. I mean, I'm rocking. Is this technically shaking or rocking? I don't know. Am I doing this right? I, what's happening? Changing diapers? What? What? I don't know. And it, it, so you get books. What to expect when you're expecting? right? Baby wise. I was like, well, I want to be wise about a baby. I mean, okay, you know, that's a book, you know, train up a child, you know, you see what you get passionate about where you realize I'm not equipped for this. You get real dialed into seeking equipping for, I, I don't know what to do. I don't know how to do these things. And when you recognize you're not equipped for the season you're about now, look, it may not be a baby for you. It may be a job opportunity. It may be a position that you're in. It may be leading at home. It may be your child is now learning to drive. Your child is now going to college. It could be any number of things. What might it be? The season could be different, but every single one of us are stepping into a place where we are not equipped. We are ill-equipped. And in being ill-equipped, the question is, will we pursue the equipping we need so we can be and do who God's called us to be? And do. That is exactly what is happening when Paul is writing to the church in Ephesus in chapter 4. People are getting saved. People are being transformed. People are being impacted. This is an influential church. It's growing. The city of Ephesus was a port town. The city as a, as a whole was influential. The church is growing. And now he's saying, hey, here's what I want you to do. Here's what I want you to dial into because there's, there is something that I want that needs to begin to happen. And there's a vision for what it needs to look like. And Paul gets real clear on some roles and responsibilities of what it needs to look like as the church moves forward. So we're going to look at Ephesians chapter 4, starting in verse 11. And it says, so Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and the teachers. So he's saying, hey, I gave this group of people to you. There's this group of people, but they have a role. They're not just there to be elevated and they just have this, this name or title over, over who they are and they're this just special elite group of people. He's saying, I gave them to you, but I gave them to you for a purpose. Here's the purpose, to equip his people for the works of service. There's an equipping that has to happen. There's an equipping that needs to happen in your life. And so God has given you people in your life. My job description, my role is to equip you. Us as a church, there's an equipping that you need. What is it for? It's for the work of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith. There's that word again, unity. Unity in the faith. We're being built up, built together. Where there's this equipping that's happening. So now this unity comes, unity in the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. So when you are built up, when you're equipped, you get built. When you're built up, there's this maturing process that begins to happen. When? How? When you do the work of the ministry. When you do the works of service. 
And what happens is there's this maturing process. Some of you have been in a church or you've been in an environment where what began to happen is this. Someone was saying, I'm going to wait till I feel like you're mature enough to do the work of the ministry. Then I'm going to put you in the game. That's not what Paul's saying. Paul's saying, actually, you get in the game. And as you get in the game, there's a maturing that begins to happen in your life. There's this purpose that begins to come, and there's this maturing and this development, this building up that begins to happen in your life. That's what begins. So, so you look, when you look at, at the world today, and you think, man, I, I was talking to someone who just moved here from California in between services. They moved from L.A. And we were discussing, and I said, so what moved you here, work? He was like, no, it's just crazy. We, we had to get out. I mean, you think about it, and so you may have experienced it. You may be watching it on the news, whatever it may be. How do you make a difference in such a dark world that is fractured right now? The thought would be, oh, we just need, like, we need this special, there, there has to be this one moment, this one event, a, a concert, a worship service. Uh, maybe a special speaker comes in, and we do all these different things. We can think that it's centered around one moment, one event that's going to bring the fullness of what we're looking for Jesus to do in our life and on our world, but that's not what it says. In fact, the most evangelistic tool in the world is an equipped church doing the works that God has laid out for them to do. That's how we make a difference in this culture. That's how you make a difference in this culture. That's how we make a difference in this world. And when that maturing process happens, there's a few things that Paul begins to line out. We continue to read verse 14. It says, then we will no longer be infants. I, I'm, not, I'm not immature in my faith. I'm not immature in how I see things. It's okay to, to start there, but there's this growing because I'm getting equipped and I'm getting built up. And so now I'm not tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people in, deceitful, in their deceitful scheming. Instead, I'm speaking the truth in love. We will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head that is Christ. For him... The whole body joined and held together by every supporting ligament grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. You see, when every part plays its part, we're strengthened together. We make a difference. And every part is important. Everything that you do, every part that you play, every role that you play, it is important and it makes a difference. Well, you, you're on our dream, our, our serve team. You're opening a door, every door that you open. You serve in Milestone Kids, every student or child that you impact and you come in contact with. Every cup of coffee you give, every welcome that you give, every time you walk someone and help them find a chair, find a place to sit, all of those things are so important and they are so key. You make a difference because every part makes a difference. And we get strengthened in that way. And it's beginning to understand that Paul is saying, listen, there's a role that you play. There's a part that you play. And, and all you have to do is just simply play your part. There's a maturing that happens. You don't have to be perfect, but you're not all over the map. 
You're not over here one minute and then you're over here the next minute. You're simply taking steps to be strengthened. That's what becomes difficult because when we're not playing our part, see, we think, oh, if I just, you know, okay, I see that I need to change this habit. I see I need to change these things. And so I try and change some habits in my life. That's good, but that's step one. The maturing happens when we are equipped and built up and we play our part. But there's some challenges to that. Think about it. And and I think in our culture and in society, there's challenges to really what the goal for today is. And is that you would understand what Paul is saying is that we're all called to be built up. And my heart for you is there's a little bit more of an impartation. I want to give some practical, simple things to you that are going to help you. But it's really an impartation of understanding. I want to be equipped. There is something that God has in store for me, something that he's called me to, and I want to be equipped to begin to do those things and to begin to play the role and the part that I'm called to play. But sometimes the things that keep us from being able to be equipped is what we think it looks like and what it actually looks like. You ever been in a scenario like that? Well, I thought it looked like this, but really, in reality, it looks a little different than what I thought it needed to be. And I think when it comes to equipping, we, we are impacted by our culture. We're impacted by our Western civiliz- civilization and culture in the lens we view through and what we think equipping actually looks like. You see, we think that it is information, that I'm going to be equipped, but it's actually experience. We have all the information. We have access to all the information in the world. If information was the key, then everyone would have been saved. They'd know who Jesus is. They've accepted him. Jesus would have come back by now. So it's not information. It's experience. Being in and around youth and young adult ministry for as long as I have been, there are people who actually study, why is this generation, why is the younger generation leaving the church and not coming back? What is happening? Why is that happening? Well, what's happened is you, we've given them and we've taught them a lot of information, but we haven't given them the experience of experiences, his, experiencing his presence, understanding what it looks like to grow and to develop and develop their own life-giving relationship with Jesus. That's why we do what we do. It's not like, hey, we're going to send them back to kids' church, and we're going to give them snacks, and we're going to have them sit back there and play some games, and we're going to be in here doing the stuff. No. We don't do that. That's not how we build at Milestone Church. There's a reason why you drop your kids off back there and says you don't have to wait to be great. You can be a great kid. Because when you walk in there, I think of the story of Brayson who shared and he spoke a couple of Sundays ago at Next Gen Weekend. And he said, man, I came into that environment and I saw that there were middle school students serving. I thought you had to be like adults or grown-ups or high schoolers or a college student, but I saw that and I wanted, you know, you want to know where Brayson was at at the first service? He was back there serving kids in Milestone Kids. I can remember the story of a little girl went in that environment for the very first time. She said, I, I think I want to be a part of that worship team. Well, we're working with her in the next few weeks. Guess what? The hope is she's going to be up there with the toddlers helping them do worship. So if you got toddlers in there, she, you want to know why? Because these kids in here just got baptized. Guess what? They're in the game. Let's go. 
We don't have to wait. I grew up in an environment where it was kids church, youth church, and big church. Anyone else grew up in an environment like that? There's no big church. We are the church, and we play a part. So it's not information, it's experience. And it's why we do what we do in those environments. Why we do what we do in the environments on Wednesday night. It's why we have fall retreat coming up soon. Because when they experience the greatest thing you can give your child is helping them discover their own personal relationship with Jesus and they know how to talk to God and have a relationship with Him because they're going to leave your home one day. And that's going to be the thing that anchors them and keeps them back. So, so we think it's information when really what it is, it's experience. We need to experience His presence and we have to experience Him, and experience him in a different way. But the other challenge is we get impatient. We want immediate ability when really it takes time. It takes time. We want a microwave, but it's a crock pot, okay? It takes time. You got to grow. You got to develop. We live in this, this world of instant gratification. We think, well, I gave my life to the Lord, and now I'm involved. And I went to one-on-one, two-on-one, three-on-one, and like, boom, poof, I should just be awesome and amazing, and I have it all figured out. No, you grow as you go. I had this reality, this thought, speaking of, seasons and 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 driving i'm like i'm gonna be teaching camden how to drive in like four and a half to five years like what is life like seriously but if you remember teaching someone how to drive or you remember learning how to drive it's a lot easier to to turn the vehicle when the vehicle is moving the same is true with you as you grow you, you will grow as you go. You're thinking, well, I should have it all figured out. I got it. No, 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 no. As you move, as you get involved, as you play your part, there is maturing that happens along the way. Just get in the game. Do what God has asked you to do. But we get so dialed in and we get myopic on our own individual discovery. And that becomes a hindrance as well. We think it's individual discovery when really it's more about a team. We live in a day and age when it's about your social platform and what you can build and how you can look online and all of these things. And that's all well and good. And it's a, it's a tool in and of itself, which is fine. But it's not individual discovery that actually helps you be equipped and grow. It's when you get in it and you get a part of a team and you start serving and growing and you start using your skill and you start using your gifting because sometimes what happens is you begin to discover it's other people that help go, you're really good at this. You're really great at that. You're really awesome at it. Really? Wow. Because you're in as a team and they see things in you that sometimes you don't see in yourself. There's another thought, kind of, kind of as, I, as I thought about some of the barriers and challenges that we have, it, it, it's kind of similar to when you, when you, if you go to a gym, if you've ever been to a gym for like the first time in a long time or the first time at all, and you have this gym intimidation. Anyone ever experienced gym intimidation? You're like, I want to go to the gym, but like, like what, do I need to have the right stuff? Do I have the right shoes? Do I have the right shorts? Do I have the right like headband and wristband? Like, I don't know. Like, I went in there, and that guy looks like he knows what, she looks like she knows what she's doing. I don't think I know what I'm doing. Like, how do I do all that stuff? You can feel that same thing when you walk into church. You can feel like, man, I don't, I don't like, 
something. Some of these ones are raising their hand. That one's raising one hand. This one's got two hands up. They must have it really figured out. This one's kind of figuring it out. I don't know. And I'm just trying to figure it out, like, can I do this? I don't know. I mean, honestly, my arm, I did go to the gym, and my arms are sore, so I can't raise my hand. I don't know. What's happening? Like, how do I do this? I hear you, Pastor Chris. I want to get saved. Jesus, I give you my life. Okay, I'm seated with him. I have an authority I can walk in. But how do I do this stuff? Like, I don't know. And I get intimidated. We recognize that. It's why we're so big on next steps every single weekend. We know, I, I, and I said it when it comes to first time guests, it's someone's first time. Think about it. For any of you who've been coming any length of time, you're like, that guy just got up there and said, hi, I'm Pastor Chris. Da, 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 da. Like, I know who you are. I'm not talking to you. <laughs> I'm talking to the person that's in here like, who's that guy out there? Well, it's on the screen. Well, maybe they didn't see the screen. Why? So we get, I get it. You're walking in here going like, what, what do I do? How do I do it? How do I, how do I, I'm, I'm a little nervous about it. And I'm a little unsure and, and I'm not sure what I need to do and how I need to do this. And it takes time. But here's what I know is I've learned that in my life, I've come to the place where I said, look, I'm not looking for the applause of momentary recognition. I remember reading this in a book and, and, and how it impacted me. I'm not, I'm not living and moving and working towards the applause of, 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 of momentary recognition. I want to live to replicate and reproduce. Not replicate like to, to recreate and someone like carbon copy, okay? To, to impart into those around me. What it looks like to have a life-giving relationship with Jesus. To impact them because when they get it, it'll live on far longer than I ever will. And I've realized that at the end of the day, when it comes to equipping and being built up, when it comes to discipleship, there's only one way to get there. Time and proximity. So what happens? What do you gain when, when you're built up, what, what are the things that you begin to experience? And how does, how does being equipped build you up for what God has called you to do? Well, what is it? Well, the first is this. And, and like I said, it, there's this, I, I want, the hope is this. That you, that, that, that you begin to realize there's a part that God's called you to play. And that you just go, even if just one person goes, I don't want to sit on the sideline anymore. I want to get in the game. I want to get in the game. I want to make a difference. I want to play my part to reach people and build lives. I, I want to grow in the way I need to grow. I don't want to just have all the information. I want to experience what you're talking about, Pastor Chris. I want to do The hope is if just one person leaves today with that, then what happens is we're one step closer because we have one more person joined together going, I'm going to play my part to reach people and build lives. I'm not just going to be here just to attend and just make some friends and drink the good coffee and all of that. I want to actually be a part. If just one person gets that, then it's all worth it. It's all worth it. But there's some practical things that you experience along the way. There, there's some, some things that you can gain from being equipped and being built up. Here's the first. Being equipped makes you more stable. And you've been around someone that it just seems like, man, it's just kind of like all over the place. I, I, I mean, I'm sure there's people around me have been like, Pastor Chris, I kind of feel like you're kind of all over the place sometimes. Like sometimes you're like here, there, they're a little like, what, what's going on? I mean, Wendy will tell me, she's like, dial it back, baby. Like, hold on, slow down. You know, I'm like, wow, I'm just, my mind's just kind of going. 
But in our relationship with God, we can feel the same way. Our relationship with Jesus, we can feel the same way. And that's what Paul was talking about. He's like, you don't have to be an infant tossed to and fro anymore. You don't have to be all over the place. It's not that you're not going to go through the storm. It's not that you're not going to go through those experiences. But you can go through it in a different way. And there's a stability that comes. But where does the stability come from? Real simple, real basic. But just because it's simple doesn't make it any less true or any less impactful. It's God's word. It's God's word. Paul said this in 2 Timothy. He's writing to Timothy, someone that he was equipping and building up. And and this is what he said. All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. As you step into his word, the truth is that that word begins to change every single person. And it's available for every single person. This word right here. Why did we fashion United the way we did, where you get into the guide, and it's basically reading each chapter broken down day by day because it's this word that will impact and transform you. There's a lot of information. There's a lot of good things out there. There's a lot of good supplemental stuff, right? devotions and and audio this and podcasts that's all good but at the end of the day you want to know what transforms your life this right here get in it but you want to know why we don't get in it because we're afraid of it i don't get it i don't know what how come hey welcome to the club we can all feel that way that's why we break it down the way we do that's why we're saying hey we're with you everyone is in a different spot on this journey but when you take god's word and you begin to read it it begins to transform you from the inside out, and it brings us stability. Not perfection. You're going to have your stuff. You're going to make a mistake, but you don't have to be all over the map, and one day you're like this, and the next day you're like this, and one day you're like this, and the next day you're like that. There's a stability that comes, and when that stability comes, it then leads you to a place where you walk in a measure of stability, you begin to recognize, I want to discover and develop my gifts. You see, that's another thing that you begin to experience as you're equipped and you're built up. You long to discover your gifts. Being equipped helps you discover and develop them. A strength is not something that you're good at. A strength is something that gives you strength. If you ever read Marcus Buckingham, and and he's, he's an author, has all these studies on finding your strengths and developing your strengths and what that looks like, he says... He says, your strength is not something you're good at. Because there's things that you're good at that you're like, if I don't do this another day in my life, it won't be a day too soon. Please, can I get rid of that? A strength is something that gives you strength. And the longer I'm in ministry and the more I talk to individuals who've been in ministry that are older than I am and the longer they've been serving, when I ask them, what is it that you wish you would have done more of? He said, I wish I would have. Or what do they say? Many of them say, I wish I would have helped people discover their gifts more. Discover how God designed them and wired them. Because something begins to happen when you discover your gifts. There's really two things. There's fruitfulness and there's fulfillment. You see, when you operate in your gift, you're effective. You're effective. And it's something that gives you life. You see, like I just said, you can be good at something, but it's not, it's not fulfilling to you because it's not a strength. It's like a take. But the other part is, when you operate in your gift, there's a fruitfulness. You see, you may really like it, but the question is, are you effective in it? Are you good at it? I feel like I got a real touch on my life to just sing. 
You know, I'm telling you, I'm thinking this Christmas, I'm Katie, I'm a, I got a few songs. I'm thinking, what if I do this? And, you know, I mean, we, I, I feel like, but there's one problem. I can't sing. And I won't need a global pandemic to run everyone out of the church. My singing will do it all by itself. Because I'm not gifted there. I may like it a lot, but I'm not real effective at it. So you may go, well, I really like this, you know. Man, I really want to, I like, you know, I, I, I like, you know, I think I like doing, doing uh, you know, greeting. I really like to greet. Okay? But every time I talk to you, like, you're like a 15-year-old boy. You got one-word answers. You may not be real good at greeting. Maybe there's a different lane. You seem real authoritative and administrative. How about an usher? You seem like real good about, hey, Come sit right here, right there. Yep, right here. We, nope, not that. No, we're not sitting there. Every other row, right here. Just being real kind and diplomat. That's your life. You see, when you discover what you're wired for, there's a fulfillment and a fruitfulness that comes out of you. And when these things begin to happen, when you're growing in your relationship with God and you're growing in the word and you're discovering your gift, what begins to happen is you being equipped impacts every part of your life it impacts every part of your life I'm reminded of a friend of mine who uh, actually serves at our Keller campus and uh, his name's Brian Culver I've known Brian for I, I thought it was 10 years Katie helped me remember it was actually probably closer to 15 years and I met Brian when I was actually in Louisiana I was in ministry there at a church there I was doing youth ministry we were doing things with Milestone Church and so I met him uh, at a camp and Brian came, and he was serving at a camp, and Brian has been a part of Milestone for quite some time, but through the years in serving with young people, I mean, he's a grown man. He's out like got middle school. Trust me, I, I guarantee he's probably thinking, what am I doing with my life? I'm a grown man sleeping in a wooden bunk with a bunch of middle schoolers. I'm going to tell you what he was doing. He was making a difference in their life, and he started making difference in young people's lives, and then Brian started leading our volunteer teams and developing people and learning how to lead with influence. Well, Brian, about three and a half years ago, he's a veteran, and he got on with Lockheed Martin. He's been with Lockheed for the last three and a half years. He's been promoted four times over the last three and a half years. He oversees 47 employees, and they're going, you're doing such an amazing job. I want to add 13 more people to who you're responsible for. And this is what he said when we talked to him about it. He said, leading volunteers and serving students helped me learn to lead through influence. That's where I was equipped to lead and build a strong team at work. You see, when you use your gift and you're developing your gift and you're in the word and you're playing your part as the church, what begins to happen is it spills over and it makes an impact in your work. That people start going, I, wanna, I want this guy as my boss. Because I don't know that he's a Christian because he's got a bumper sticker on his car. But he leads me and serves me and develops me and influences my life like Jesus would. So now I want to be led by him. And not only that, you know what? Come to think of it, I want my life to look a little bit more like his. You're going, oh, you go to Milestone Church? I'm coming with you to Milestone Church. And all of a sudden now that family is impacted. Generations are impacted. And that employee is having their child up here getting baptized at one point. And then they're going, do you, do you see what begins to happen when we all play our part if we'll just get in the game.
I want you to ask yourself this question. Am I being equipped? Am I being equipped? Because when you're equipped, you're built up. And when you're built up, there's a maturing that happens. And when that maturing happens, what begins to happen is people around you see the fullness of Christ. That's how we, as we like to say here, reach, build, and repeat. Because we're not going to stop there. We're going to keep going. And it's when we do those things, that's when we reach our families and make a difference and an impact there. That's when we reach our neighborhoods and our communities and our, our businesses, our place of employment or the companies that we run and the people that we lead. That's when we impact our city. That's when you impact the world. You see, God is saying Paul, through Paul as he's writing, there's an equipping that I want you to have. Because when you're equipped, you're going to be built up. And when you're built up, you're going to see a maturing in your life.